Good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? Good. A little more song. How are you? Doing well. Good. Good. What's up, everyone? We are live on Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. I am your host, Paul Apostolakis, co-host. Are you short-circuiting, man? Come on. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we have a very special guest today, uh, Mr. Maynard Neal. How are you, sir? Doing well this morning. Yeah, Thank you. you look Thank good. You. Thank you. Dapper man, really looking <laughs> like I love the love what you're wearing. Um, Sal also very dapper. Got his haircut. Sal's hey. going to Vegas this weekend, everyone. Man. Oh, nice. We're, gonna, we, we're all praying for him to make it back because I don't know about Vegas. Okay, we'll turn this off. That's wrong. Uh, <laughs> so Man. we got a good show today. Not a lot of headlines, but I did have some topics I wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about uh, you know, what agents look for in a loan officer. I wanted to talk about our competitive interest rate market and how that affects how loan officers present deals to clients and potentially some, uh, some funny things that happen. Uh, Amazon is getting into mortgages, apparently. That's going to be interesting. They're, they want to yeah. take over the world. And then uh, Stephen Hawkins died today, boys. So, you know, God rest his soul. Maynard actually has no idea who he is. <laughs> very, true. very interesting. Very <laughs> Maynard, give us some background on yourself, man. Like, you know, how long you've been in the industry? Tell us about your business. Well, I've been licensed since 1999. Okay. I stepped out, did the entrepreneurial path for a few years, came back to real estate. Almost six years ago now. Okay. And uh, just kind of dived in, took it very seriously, and uh, was with Keller Williams when I came back for quite some years. Just took the leap, opened the market center uh, right here close to you guys in Rochester Hills with the Crown Real Estate Group. have a team called Maynard Nillen Associates, and we kind of, in in my opinion, we, we, we try to save our industry. I think we're an endangered species as real estate agents. You see so much stuff happening now, just like with Amazon, right. wanting to come out with mortgages. You have Zillow with the iInvestor, yep. sell your house here, for sale by owners, et cetera, et cetera. So we came out with a different type of concept, and we just try to bring service back to the industry and remember who's the most important person, which is the client. Yeah, you know, like when we sit in Maynard's office, Sal, I mean, it's, it's you're a hardworking dude, and you can tell. And like we'll have, a, we'll have conversations. Yeah. I mean, you're big on returning phone calls quickly. You're yeah, big on service. You, you're you're like a guy that isn't afraid to like knock on doors and get out there and get your hand. Yeah. I mean, you're full service is, is like just from what I've noticed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, work works. Yeah, yeah. you got to work, right? You got to work. So, uh, so now you've got the new market center. How is that different? Uh, you know, now that you maybe have more control or potentially, you know, give me an idea of like why you did that. Well, you know, um, in the industry. Once again, I'll mention the name. Most brands out there, they offer your training. Yeah. Uh, they offer you a lot for a new real estate agent. But once you kind of start understanding the market and understanding the strategies and the concepts, you're almost left alone. Mm-hmm. But yet you're still paying. And I'm speaking from the agent standpoint because there's two sides to this. There's the agent side and then there's the client side. For sure. But as far as the agent side, and excuse my voice, just getting over the flu. That's all right. As far as the agent side, you know, there's some agents out there that really, really work hard. And most of the brands, which is becoming a thing of the past with the new technology that's coming, I think if brands don't adapt to what's happening mm-hmm. in the next five or 10 years, half of the major brands you see now won't be around. Right. And what I mean by that is what we've done is trying to be a little more innovative is having agents allow themselves to work hard and reinvest into themselves instead of paying a brand 18 to $25,000 a year, That's which crazy. we call a cap. Yeah. Right. Um, 
with us, come work with us. If you're a producing agent, keep all your money from day one. Yeah. So it's 100% commissions go back to the agent. So that's a nice thing. It allows the agent to put that capital into something that they want to learn more about where they feel that they're weak at. Right. We're a strong promoter of that. And we train our agents to be world-class service agents to remember, hey, let's get out here, let's find the house. And sometimes they get real creative, especially in the market like today. Now on the side for the clients, we have a little more flexibility because as an agent, it's your own business. But yet, a lot of times we're not, I'm a very stern uh, person with regards to education, education in the real estate industry. So every morning I wake up, I look at the real estate news. I want to look at what's going on nationally and what's going on locally. And then how best can that help our clients? So when it comes to a client, we study, study, study to try to give you the latest, greatest, and the most extreme information that's out there that's available for the client. Right. So they're more well-suited instead of going at this service alone yeah. or with someone that's not so well-suited. It's just kind of waking up. You're sharpening up and, your yeah. saw every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're waking up. You're, right. you're, you're a professional. Well, and when you don't have that, that cap to pay, right, uh, I mean, you can make the most important investment, which is usually in yourself, whether that's through marketing, education, you know, Absolutely. Uh, mentoring. A so. little bit more for your family. Right. <laughs> the reason yeah. we do what we do. Yeah. So, Maynard, talk to me a little bit about this because we were just talking about this before we started is obviously inventory is low. Yes, we talk, I mean, we've been talking about this for so long and uh, it's not going to get better. Absolutely. Not getting better. And so we need to really create plans for your for the buyers out there which is who we work with a lot, right? These buyers out there, they need a way to become more competitive in a competitive situation. They need an edge, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you provide that? I mean, in your mind, what does it take to get that extra edge? I'll give you an example, and it's probably a three-part answer. One is I had a client won a bid, and it was $8,000 less than the highest bid. They called for highest and best. There's a couple of different things that we as real estate agents should be doing. And buyers has to start thinking in a different strategic mode, especially when you have 10 to 15 buyers for every house. Right. So you're constantly getting overbid. First thing I would say is don't get frustrated. That's just the market that we're in. Get creative. Every offer that a buyer makes, they should write a letter, an emotional letter to the seller saying, hey, this is the perfect house for me. Here's why I want to buy your house. And then make a compelling offer for the seller to sell the house. The biggest thing for me is get out of the way of the crowd. There's a lot of homes, per se, on the market, even though we're at an all-time low. However, there's much more buyers that's trying to buy those homes. Yeah. So why don't we start looking for homes that are not on the market? Oh, yeah. And it works every time. Uh, for example, there's homes that were expired six months ago where they just withdrew, the, uh, I mean, withdrew their home from the market with the agent where they still want to sell those homes. So if you have a buyer and it matches something like that, it takes a little more diligence for the agent. But guess what? The buyer is much more successful and they're not in a crowded market or a bidding war. There's almost right. like a shadow market out there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? There's like this underbelly of, of homes that either didn't sell, weren't marketed right, uh, got stale, whatever it may be, right? right? Well, you, you approach a discouraged seller and say, hey, I have the perfect buyer. Someone wants to buy your home, you know. You know, it's, it's different because it's, uh, I have one buyer. So I'm going to start knocking. I want this house over here. Well, that's kind of strange that you're walking up to the door. You're not a professional. <laughs> and people look at strangers and say, well, they kind of back away. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. kind of need that help. Get you a professional real estate agent that can be creative, doesn't mind pounding the pavement for you to get the job done. Right. So when we we'll go and talk with them, 
we don't want to, of course, if a, mar- if a house is not on the market, the seller may not think about selling their homes for less than what it's worth. So even though they may not know what the other homes sold in the area, you still come with a viable offer to that mm-hmm. seller to make the seller say, well, instead of me putting on the market and go through the hassle of trying to sell my house, here's a good offer. You know what? I'll just take it. I'll give you a prime example as well. We've walked through certain communities. I just did one in Troy. I had a, a husband and a wife. The wife wanted to motivate the husband to move. She said, Maynard, we have a challenge. They're downsizing. They live, their house is on the golf course right now. He said, we have everything that we want. The only way I'll move is if it's in this certain subdivision. Yeah, one yeah. shot. There was nothing for sale. <laughs> no, of course not. And we've done this several times over the last few years, and eight out of ten times that we do this, it works. And what that is, and I'm, I guess I'm giving out some secrets here, but it's, it, it's a no-brainer. You just start going and you knock on the door and say, hey, here's my client. Here's their money. They love your house. They want to buy your house. Have you ever thought about selling? Because I have a buyer for you right now. Guess what happens? And I think you told me the same thing happened to you a couple, couple years ago. I said, oh, my God, we were just talking about that at dinner last night. For sure. We were just thinking, and guess what? Now there's no competition. You go straight to the person, bam, and it's yeah. a deal that works. And most of our deals we're starting to see now, we're seeing an increase in those deals happening. Yeah, right? you know, for the, I mean, the audience pretty much knows us if they ever listen to us, all three of them. Um, you know, we lost one. So it's usually four. Um, so... Uh, yeah, same thing happened to me. I like we were, we had talked about selling. We were having a kid. We weren't ready yet. Someone knocked on the door and accelerated that path that we were going to be on much quicker. They gave us a fair offer. We were good with it. We came to terms, and you know it was uh, it was a good transaction. And it, it yeah. would not have happened. And I told that agent, uh, which I still talk to, you know, kudos to you. Had you not knocked on my mm-hmm. door, you would not have the sale. It would have gone. I would have listed it potentially. Somebody else, I might have got less. I might have got who knows. But they got the deal done. Right? Absolutely. So I mean, that's a, it's kudos to them. Yeah, it's kudos yeah. to you. Think I mean, about every situation, right? Um, if someone approached me and was like, "Hey, man, I'll buy your shoes off you. I'll buy your car off you," and they give you the right price, yeah, okay, absolutely. Right? I mean, in and my that's, head, and, I'm and not it, even yeah. thinking about. You know, nobody's s- buying your shoes, selling my watch or something like that. But if someone yeah. came up and was like, "I'll give you X for it." And it fit the bill. I'd be like, I wasn't thinking about it, but yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, right. right. And you know, it doesn't happen for the guy that just bought the house last year. No, no yeah, yeah. You know, it takes a little research, but you know, there's ways for us to tell if a person's been in the house for four years, seven years, et cetera, and the likelihood of for right. them to sell, which is the seven year mark. Yeah. So we kind of look at that and compare and say, okay, in this subdivision, these are probably more likely to sell right in these years. So you're strategic about it. It's not like yeah, you just, yeah, you do a little homework. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about some of this other stuff. One thing I wanted to talk about from you, Maynard, is, you know, from a from a loan officer standpoint, we always talk about what we want or what we do. But from I, I want to know from a from a from an agent standpoint, what do you look for in your loan officer partners that you work with? I mean, because you know, there's a lot of different reasons people do business with a lot of different people. But like, what are the things that you, are important to you for the partners that you work with? You know, it, it's a marriage, really. It is. And yeah. when you when you uh, align yourself with a mortgage partner, you want someone that's going to be top of game, that's going to be well-educated, and they stay on top of the market. Even more importantly is communication. Yeah. For an agent, we want someone where we, we feel that, hey, this is our team. They're part of our team. But when we hand that uh, client off to them, that the client is well taken care of because all these little pieces – present a particular picture for the client. So the, the mortgage officer that we look at, we say, hey, okay, let me know how the process is going. It's just communication coming back and forth. 
where you're taking care of the client and it reduces the headache for the agent because the agent's yeah. job is to find that house, get the best deal they can, whether you're selling the house or helping someone buy a house. But that's what our positioning is. And oftentimes, more than not, uh, in, in the field, it's kind of like a needle in a haystack with anything. It's hard to find a good anything. And you guys, you rock. And I'm going to say that I've seen on the show, but you really do. You guys work hard. I call you sharks. <laughs> I know you do. You, you, you get the job done. <laughs> And a lot of times you have to have flexibility for the client. Yeah, it's a it's a really could be a really rough process, but it's most definitely a nerve wracking process for the buyers. So it it takes someone that can explain that process and hold their hand throughout the process. And sometimes it's just like raising a child from the old school. It takes a whole community to raise a child, where it takes a whole team to get a client through a transaction worry free and i think that you know the same things could happen on a transaction right let's say transaction a transaction b same deal same appraisal same process same things needed to be collected right right and it could go really well and everyone's calm and it goes smooth or it could be very bad same time frame even it's all about um the calm right and making sure that everyone understands what's going on because that will make the difference between a nightmare and something smooth when you know what to expect. It's about the teamwork, man. I mean, look, yeah. like if I, I think it's crazy. I, I, you know, we work with some some agents that that aren't great and make us look bad. You know, and then the last thing we want to do is work for with an agent and make them look bad, right? Right. And it's also servicing the client. You know, making sure that they're taken care of. You know, it's funny. I tell my loan officers all the time. It's like, who's your real your your client? Yeah, is the person buying the house, but your real client is the real estate agent. Right. By default, if they're your client, you're going to make sure that that the the person buying the home is going to be well taken care of. Absolutely. And then you're creating a very good synergy with everybody involved. I I, I am surprised by the amount of uh, and excuse. There's a lot of agents out there that are very transaction focused. They're very, what are you going to do for me today? They're very like, oh, what? Like it's all about like this quid pro quo thing that they're that they're looking mm-hmm. for instead of looking for the most like consummate professional that's going to do the best job that's going to make them shine that's going to create a better brand for them. You know, it's just it's funny to me. Just some, I, I guess I'm, this yeah. is like a hot topic because I, I just I just people don't value the. Uh, white glove service and making sure that you're wowing people every single right. time as much that, as they can. Yeah. And I think, you know, it all comes down to just, you know, as a professional in this business, you need to align yourself with, uh, with someone, no matter who it be, where you're at, whatever mm-hmm. state you're in, you need to have a relationship that you can trust. That's going to work for you and not just with you. Absolutely. It's the links of the chain that makes it strong. Yeah. Right. And that way you can provide your client with whatever they need. I call it my toolbox. I just open the toolbox. Yeah, right. You need a painter? Oh, here's a guy that came highly recommended. Yeah. And I'm a guy that, you know, I don't recommend a lot of companies, individuals, unless they do exactly what you said. They wow me that right. I would use personally for my family. And that's who I refer out to my clients. Yeah, because it's an extension of you. Like that, That's your reputation now. Whenever I refer someone out for anything, it's like I'm a little like I'm like dude you be, like if I refer someone and then those people make me look dumb it's like the worst thing in the world it's like yeah. it's my fault right absolutely your um, name's on it so uh, one of the headlines that, that came up this week Sal and I know that you're really excited about this you brought this up Amazon wants to do mortgages yeah it's interesting you know um, because now it's like uh, a company that probably has more capital than uh, almost the government would be like well. I don't know if they have more capital. Maybe the 
the CEO. They're pretty rich, man. They're pretty. They're I mean, pretty they got big. a lot of money. I mean, yeah, like, like they I mean, say, Apple has more more liquid funds than the federal government, right? And uh, well, <laughs> we're broke, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but that, that's pretty we're crazy, that, right? Yeah. So you have these yeah. companies who could come in, align themselves with someone who's they already said they're targeting a top ten lender to align themselves with is that what they said so they're not really so i just want to back it back some type of partnership gotta back it up because like they're not really gonna like start their own business why would they right Right. i'm just saying they're not they're they're gonna do what they did with whole foods they're like we want groceries right let's just buy someone right exactly they're not gonna because it's hard man it's hard to start a uh, a national lender from scratch yeah right yeah, and who knows? It could be Amazon. It could be some other partner, like name. It could be the original partner's name, and they just somehow boosted. And and I think the biggest thing that they offer would, you know, would be technology. And again, kind of like what we were saying before with real estate, with you know Zillow, Redfin, things of that sort, where there's these online brokerages essentially, and they have representatives and they have uh, different strategies to get business as opposed to the full white glove service the yeah you know it, it's going to be interesting does this scare you at all so no. I mean, are you worried no man i mean we already deal with it with you know a company very local that's that's number one in the country right, right. now i mean it, it's how are they going to change it much more than what they've already done i don't know i think that they might be a competitor to them right but i think that there's always the need to pick up the phone and call someone meet with someone feel at ease throughout the transaction. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll probably do a lot of business, but you can't replace that service niche. So this happened before, I mean, just so you know. Um, a few, a years ago, uh, a company by the name of Walmart decided that they were going to start doing mortgages as well. They no longer do them. It's it's oh, our business is super complicated and yeah. it's not just complicated in the in how to do a mortgage. It's complicated on how to service your clients and make sure that everybody's happy and and, and good. And I mean, you know, being a, a, a real estate agent, when you get some of these big companies that come in and you've got a you've got a, a pre-approval, you know, you're listing a house and you got a pre-approval from like three different companies, and one of them is, you know, a bigger company that's maybe local here or like uh, Bank of America or Chase. What what are you thinking in the back of your mind? Uh, how, how authentic is this pre-approval? That's the first you know, thing, right? How yeah. how legit? Exactly. Right. I mean, what's the credibility? You know. Yeah. Does they, do they follow all the way through or are there issues, et cetera? And that's what we all look at as right. realtors. Well, yeah. when someone, you know, often I hear someone say, oh, you know, my clients went to Rocket, right? And now they're calling me and getting a, a pre-approval, right? And most people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just filled out Rocket and I have a pre-approval. Mm-hmm. And often they they are pre-approved, but once in a while it's like, no, you're, not, you're not no, pre-approved. Not, yeah. <laughs> you know, you no, can't yeah. do this. You yeah. know, you don't have any money in the bank. Uh, Which is the worst thing, by the way, as as for you, for everybody involved. I have a pre-approval. I think I'm going to buy a house. I put an offer in. I do inspection. I do this. I do that. You you don't qualify. Yeah, and I'm not here to bash because, you know, um, as we continue to move forward, I mean, technology is going to come into play. And uh, I think that, you know, the difference between Walmart, which isn't a technology company, right? Walmart's a supermarket or whatever, right? Behemoth. I think that Amazon has the potential with their resources and technology to probably improve on a process like Rocket and make it better and probably make it easier. But again, it's all about to me, right? What what really follows through and what you know people do in the purchase market, right? Um, you need that that level of service, that comfort, that that team. And if you're able yeah. to develop that with a, somehow an Amazon rep, right? That might be 
what happens in the future, but I, I yeah. doubt it. But I think as far as a refinance goes, that might be something that they could do and improve on some of these other online lenders. Who knows? They have technology and they have a ton of money. Those uh, two things together could improve on something better but who knows i mean if anybody could do it it's probably amazon right yeah. they're probably pretty smart but like i mean look what they did to buying cheerios <laughs> you know it's like okay you click a button and it's there tomorrow the two days fast well it yeah. depends yeah days. you it's could you could or do it overnight if you wanted to but it's like you know look at what they've already done to the world yeah um to, for them to Make mortgages better isn't out of the question. Sal, you're scared. And you also love Cheerios and food. And every <laughs> I do, analogy man. he uses is always about Paul's food. Paul's getting his Metamucil on there. Guy loves to dig at me. But Sal loves to eat. Are those wrinkles? I got tons of wrinkles, man. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you look, this is your future. We're the same person, only I'm like, you know, 10 years ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Maynard man. looks good. Maynard's like... Maybe oh, like a twenty-five-year-old. I wish. <laughs> you know, um, look. Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up and just say that I don't. I'm not afraid of them doing it. I, I feel like there's a company here, Quicken Loans, who has had a a huge like uh, head start, and they've been working at this for years and years and years. And they're, they're, we're not competing against Quicken. What we do and what they do, they're very yeah. different. They do a very good job of what they do, but like, uh, I'm not too worried. Uh, you sound a little scared, scared. Yeah, I mean, maybe you picked up on that. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think, think when you get old, you get a little senile. So <laughs> I, I don't know. But <laughs> I'm not really scared for me. Oh, but I can see, you know, I might be old, but my cholesterol's lower. <laughs> <laughs> you do look a little gaunt. Yeah, it's been a, you know, a little it's, like that's what two ki- yeah. two kids will do that to you. So man, yeah, are your is your hair falling out, dude? Like oh, gray? a lot, a lot of stuff's falling apart man. over here, Sal. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That's falling apart here. Have fun in Vegas. I hope you make it back safe. Thanks. Um, All right. The last thing I want to talk about is, look, rates are uh, going up. And what I'm finding in today's market, and this is a little bit off topic for you, Maynard, but like what I'm getting is like, hey, man, you know, we'll send out documents to a client. They found a house. They feel good about it. And all of a sudden, they see the actual interest rate. They're like, oh, man. So what they start doing it, and, and they should do it. They, they go and look at, at someone else, and they want to do a comparison, or they come to us with a, another lender that they're working with. And look, I'm not afraid of that at all. I think there's always, a, you know, um, you should you should do your due diligence and you know look at what's the best value for you. But what I'm finding, like I'll give you an example. Last night, I have a client who's buying a house, and we've got a great deal for him, and he got a quote from a, a local. Got a quote from Quicken. I don't think Quicken's bad. I think this loan officer's an idiot. Uh, yeah, so I get the I get the actual paperwork from him, and what's really happening on this on this? So he was getting a lower rate. They were charging him four thousand dollars to get that rate. Oh wow! Uh, they didn't put on ta- the, the the escrows, meaning they didn't they weren't collecting enough money for his escrow account. They weren't they didn't have the real estate fee on there. So basically, his cash to close or the money that he needed to bring to the table was like. $5,000 less than what, 4000 or $5,000 less than what it should have been. So he's comparing. He doesn't know. It's his right, first house. Exactly. He's comparing how much do I have to bring to the table and what's my payment? Right. Well, this one says it's about $2,000 more. My payment's $80 less. Well, He's not right. comparing the right things. Yeah. As a lender, you're required Stupid. to, bothers <laughs> me. you know, there's, there's tolerances in what you can disclose. And, you know, the biggest, what we're held to is, is the fees we can control, which in reality is really only the points and the rate and, you know, underwriting fees, right? The rest, your taxes, your insurance, your escrows, all of that, 
that is uh, going to be what it's going to be anywhere you go, right? right? So if we underdisclose those or don't show what they're really going to be, we're not getting any slaps on the wrist. The only thing is we will get a mad client, right? Exactly. So it's like uh, it's easy for a lender to say, "Oh, they said your closing costs are six grand. They're really only three, right?" And they include like uh, their fees they can control and don't show any on the other side. And it's like oh, I'm going with them. Their costs are lower. Right. Then they get to the table and they end up paying. Mm-hmm more than probably what we would have gave them from the start. So it's it's tough out there, especially as rates rise. You know, people are trying to get skinny on their estimates, things of that sort, which in a way um, is very much deceptive. And, you know, you, you got to resell these clients in the end on why they should work with you. And it's, it's, it's kind of a nightmare. And I think there's a lot of panic uh, on our side of things as rates go up that, you know, people are afraid to tell the truth and there's no getting around it. I mean, rates are going up. It's going to be more expensive to buy a home, but sure is going to be more expensive to rent. It's going to be a lot yeah. harder, Maynard. I mean, it's a lot harder for us to be up front early. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not doing you any justice if I tell the guy he needs $10,000 to close and it's really fifteen. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like at the end of the day, a mad client. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so it, it drives me nuts. So anybody that's looking at maybe buying a house or, Make sure you're not just looking at getting the cheap. Work with someone that you feel really good with. Do your due diligence. Do a comparison. Yeah, if it's I mean, like, just ask. Say, listen, I'm not afraid of the costs. What is it going to be? You have right. to know exactly yeah. what yeah. you're bringing to the table. Don't what are you surprised. getting into? So, because I mean, you have to have a budget when you're buying a house. What do you? After you buy it, that's when it really gets expensive. Maynard, tell the tell the audience how they can get a hold of you, man. They can reach me. Uh, my office is at 811 East South Boulevard, Rochester Hills. Telephone number is 248-687-9308. That's my direct line, 248-687-9308. And the office line is 248-564-2719. It would be my pleasure. Yeah, man. One of the hardest working agents in the business. Sal, yeah. how do people get a hold of us? Or find the podcast. You yeah. can go to www.liveonrealestate.com. Uh, you can find it on your iPhone on the podcast app or on your Android at the Google Play Store. That's www.liveonrealestate.com. Three W's. <laughs> As opposed to what? <laughs> oh, you said www, but. Uh, Did I say www? No. I said two? Yeah. It's okay. I'm getting old, man. Yeah. It's, you know. it's all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. The song's not bad. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. You just want to go like that? He's taking off the headphones. He's he's in Vegas already, everybody. (laughs) He's ready to go. Pray for him. We need lots of prayers for Sal.